here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Thursday, February 11, 2021. Stand up for your country. I hate this impeachment story. It's not ideological with me or personal with me about President Trump or anything like that. I just think this is so phony and such a blight on the country. But I'm going to run it down for you. Um, and there are some interesting things that I've learned that nobody else knows, and I'll pass them along. So, number one, uh, the Trump lawyers, such as they are, say they're going to wrap up tomorrow. That means the vote will be on Monday. That means on Tuesday. We're not going to deal with this anymore. All right. I do not believe uh, Donald Trump's going to be convicted in the Senate. I'll tell you why in a moment. I don't think anything's going to change. What has changed, though, is uh, the perception among some Americans that Donald Trump was deeply involved, not periphery, but deeply involved with the attack on the Capitol. Some people now have been persuaded that is true. Um, and they have been persuaded by the use of video, and it's horrendous. I mean, there's been new video injected into uh, the hearings in the Senate showing that the thugs who stormed the Capitol were close to um, the House members and some senators. And it's, it's pretty harrowing, I have to say. So any American is loyal to the country, loves the country, seeing these kinds of pictures is going to be angry, upsetting. And that's why a lot of people aren't even watching it, because they don't want to be upset. Now, the reason that the uh, House managers, Democrats, who are attacking President Trump, want to use as much as is possible, and the reason that the networks and the cables show it over and over and over again is because they want, by association, to punish you if you voted for Donald Trump. So they know they're punishing Mr. Trump himself. I mean, it's obvious. But they want to punish anybody who would support Donald Trump. And Hillary Clinton... Uh, is the poster lady for this today when she said, well, if you don't vote to convict, you senators on the Republican side don't vote to convict, then you're, you're just as responsible as Donald Trump for the incursion into the Capitol. That's what Hillary Clinton said. And that is not an accident. Because, again, I will tell you that these strategies are developed every morning on K Street in Washington, D.C., by organizations paid for by political action committees associated with the Democrats. And now they're coming out and say, look, we can, we can destroy the Republican Party by associating the entire party and anybody, all 72 million who voted for Donald Trump, with the harrowing pictures. We can do that. And that psychology will seep in. Has it seeped in a little bit? The propaganda is, uh, has seeped in a little. There's a Gallup poll give you that in a moment, um, that shows that. Is it long-lasting? No. Those pictures will always be remembered, and they'll always be played by the media to demonize Republicans and, and Trump voters, um, but it'll wear off. So what happened? Now, I have not spoken to uh, President Trump since late September. Um, he called me, and we had a chat, and as you know, I don't report those because they're off the record, and I always honor that as a journalist. Um, since that time, I have not spoken to him. Uh, during the chat, he asked my opinion on certain subjects. I gave it to him, and I did that with Barack Obama. I did that with Bush the Younger. 
Um, if a president of the United States solicits my opinion, I will give it to him. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, Donald Trump didn't do one thing <laughs> that I recommended. Nothing. Um, and that has been a pattern since he's been elected. I mean, he, he listens. And I said, Mr. President, at one point, do you have a pen and paper? Can you write this stuff down? Because it's pretty good. I mean, if he had watched this broadcast every night, he would have gotten it here. It was an, anything that I don't give you. But, you know, he knows what I say because he gets a transcript. But is he locked in? No, no. He's locked in on cable news. He loves cable news to this moment. And that didn't help him. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So anyway, uh, after he lost the election on November 4th, he was absolutely furious because he believed that he won. He went to bed, and I don't even know if he slept at all, thinking, I got this. The exact opposite of four years ago, if you read the United States of Trump, Trump thought he lost to Hillary Clinton. And he was beyond pleased that he won. But this time is the total opposite. Now, I understand how he felt because when I corked off for a few hours, very, very late on election night, I thought he had it. I saw a 600,000 lead in Pennsylvania. I said, no way Malin's going to override that. Well, he did. <laughs> you know, was it legit? I'd like to see some analytics on that. But I would never say it was a fraud. And I never have. Because in order to make that charge, you need hard evidence. And it wasn't there. I never saw it. But I asked for analytics. How, how can you overturn a 600,000 vote lead? How does that happen? Did, has it ever happened before? In Philadelphia County or in Wayne County, Michigan, and Clark County, Nevada? Ever happened before? Fulton County, Georgia? Anyway, we didn't get it. Didn't get the analytics. We didn't have any of the uh, voting machines that were suspect. Uh, forensics was not done on them. Nothing happened. However, President Trump, in his mind, said, I won. And he tweeted that out. And he gave speeches. I won. This is a fraud. I won. All right. And then he attacked various voting situations. All right. In Georgia, they did a replay. They investigated. Now, I don't think the Georgia CBI, Criminal Bureau of Investigation, I don't think they're corrupt. I, I think that Donald Trump lost Georgia. I think that they, uh, he was overpowered by uh, Stacey Abrams and her machine. I hadn't seen one shred of evidence to the contrary. Although I do believe things took place in Atlanta, Fulton County, that were illegal. Now, can I prove it? I cannot prove it. But I believe that happened based upon my reportage. But it probably was not enough. Anyway, so Donald Trump then spends the next two months telling the world that he won the election and it was a big rig job. And then he has Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and other people saying, we're going to produce the evidence. We're going to produce the evidence. They go into court. Uh, they do all of this stuff and they don't get anywhere. They don't get anywhere. Now, I got letters, and I'll read them uh, tonight. Well, well, uh, Mike Lindell did an investigation. Three-hour document. That's not evidence. I mean, Mr. Lindell is absolutely entitled to do whatever he wants to do and put it out there in the public, and you can believe it or not believe it. 
But that's not evidence. All right. That has to be done by a law enforcement agency or a state legislature or on the federal level, the same thing. You can't have a private citizen accusing your neighbor of whatever and saying, well, I have evidence, so you charge him. No, you have to turn the evidence over to a law enforcement agency who then investigates and charges or doesn't. You see how it works? But you're free to believe what you want, and that's the essential point. President Trump was free to believe this. He's he's an American citizen, even though he's a president. He's free to believe that he won and that it was not a honest election. That's what they're impeaching him on, that belief. That's why the whole thing is bogus, because he isn't violating any law or any oath or any anything by believing that. You know, Al Gore thinks he won against Bush the Younger. Nixon thought he beat Kennedy in 1960. Now, they didn't race around like Trump did and make a big deal out of it, but that's what they believed, and they told people. They told people. I documented in Killing the Mob, the Nixon-Kennedy thing. Okay, so for two months, um, Donald Trump goes around, and they have court cases, and they have cable 24-7 on their fraudulent election, this, that, and the other thing. The Democrats decide, well, we're going to accuse the president, Donald Trump, of being a liar. We're not going to say his opinion is wrong, all right? We're going to say he's a liar. And this, again, comes out of this organization. It gets faxed everywhere, emailed or tweeted, whatever it may be, to other people, including the late-night comedians, all the people who are sympathetic to Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. Oh, he's a liar. He's lying now. There is no evidence at all that this election was uh, less than honest. That's not true. There's there's a lot of evidence. Uh, Is it provable? Does it rise? When the Attorney General of the United States, William Barr, says it was fraud, but it doesn't rise, I believe Barr. Now, Barr got out of town. He didn't want to have anything to do with this. He knew that Donald Trump was in a zone where you weren't going to be able to reason with him. And that's what happened. President lost touch with reality. And so he only listened to people like Mayor Giuliani and others who told him it was a fraud. Didn't listen to anybody else, no one else, to make temper it. Now, I laid it out early on on this broadcast that the president should ask the Justice Department to do analytics in certain counties and to do forensics on certain machines that were suspect. Is that an unreasonable request by any president? No, it is not. No, it is not. But that formal request was never made. It was all rhetoric. It was all tweeting. There was never any disciplined campaign to uncover possible alleged voter fraud. Never. It didn't happen. That was a huge mistake. And that was what did Donald Trump in. Now, People believe what they want to believe. You have to understand this. And 72 million people wanted to believe that Trump won and Biden lost. They wanted to believe that. And then 80 million people wanted to believe Biden won and Trump lost. So it didn't matter. They weren't looking at it 
in a cold, calculated, disciplined way. It was all emotion, emotion, emotion. All right? So the emotion built and built and built and built until January 6th, when the vote, electoral votes had to be certified. Now, I knew that Donald Trump was not in control of himself at that point because he was attacking Vice President Pence, who had been the most loyal individual to him throughout four years. Pence is a smart guy. I think he's an honest man. And Trump was just throwing him right under the train. Now, if you look at it, and we analyze it absolutely perfectly here, Vice President Pence had no authority to do anything other than preside over the state certification of the electoral votes. He couldn't block it. He couldn't do anything. But somehow in his mind, President Trump felt that Mike Pence could have blocked the vote. He couldn't have. It was impossible, unconstitutional. And he knew it. Pence and his people knew it. And they told Donald Trump that. And said, look, we can't go in and refuse to certify what the states are bringing to us. We don't have the constitutional authority. And it's absolutely true. So all of the Trump supporters, the voters, are hearing this for two months. And then the certification is happening in Washington. So about 100,000 people, pro-Trump people, descend on the town. Now, the authorities didn't think it was any big deal because there had never been any violence attached to the Trump voters. Never. So they didn't think it was a big deal. The FBI now says, well, we gave everybody a heads up a day ahead of time. I didn't see the heads up. I didn't see it. I don't know one journalist who saw it. I certainly was shocked. When all this happened, I listened to Giuliani and others and President Trump speak. I knew emotion was high, but I thought they go down to the Capitol, stand outside with the signs, chant their dissatisfaction with the process, which is perfectly legal to do. I never in a million years thought there might be violence. And I'm pretty savvy. I'm pretty wired in. Now, when I heard Donald Trump's speech, I, I said to myself, he ought to be tamping it down a little bit because there are too many crazies here. We learned today that five or six Proud Boys have been now arrested by federal authorities involved in the uh, Capitol incursion. So there were people in the crowd that were looking for trouble. And Donald Trump should have realized that. And I said that very early on. Bring it down a little bit. You can say peaceful, which he did. Donald Trump said peaceful, patriotic, which he did. All right. But you got to bring it down. You got to go out of your way to say no violence, no shenanigans, respect the police. And he did that. I mean, somewhat, but not enough. Not nearly enough. Okay. so then the thing happens that everybody's shocked and everybody is. I mean, I'm sitting there going, this is not what America is. This is not. I had the same gut feeling I had when I saw Minneapolis burn down. What is this? And Seattle taking over. So during the incursion, President Trump didn't do much. He was watching it on cable television. 
That's what he was doing. It's too much cable in his world. And he was trying to figure out, I guess, how to respond to this. But it took him a long time. So all of that then goes into the Democratic hopper, and they work on K Street to then put forth a narrative. Number one, Trump's a liar. The election was perfect. We all know that's not true. All right. Number two, Trump incited these people to come to Washington and invade the Capitol. That's not true. He didn't do that. There's no proof of that anywhere. I mean, the man is tweeting around the clock. You know, if he wanted to incite something like that, he would have tweeted it. And then the narrative is, because he incited that, he has got to be punished. The only way we could punish him is to embarrass him through impeachment. But by extension, we're going to wipe out the Republican Party and anyone who may give Donald Trump a fair chance. If these idiots get a hold of this broadcast, they'll come after me because I'm giving you a factual rundown of what happened. But because I'm not buying into the false charges, there is no crime here. There is, however, a President Trump botched the whole thing. I can't be more frank than that. He didn't handle it in a disciplined way. He didn't handle the election, the aftermath, January 6th. He wasn't disciplined. He didn't listen to anybody. He attacked his own allies. It was, he just lost it. Okay? That's the truth. But that's not impeachable. All right? He didn't commit a crime or misdemeanor or violate his oath. He just made bad decision after bad decision. It could have been done effectively. And now, if it had been, we might have some answers about how you overturn a 600,000 vote lead in Pennsylvania. How does that happen? I still don't know. And no one else knows. I still don't know if there were any voting machines that were rigged. And no one else knows. Maybe Mike Lindell knows, but He's got to turn what he has over to law enforcement and they've got to vet it. Because again, Mike Lindell is believing what he wants to believe. He's not going in with a, well, wherever the evidence takes us, that's where I'm going to go. No. Who was there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 Remembrance Across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 
So now we have this crazy stuff uh, where the country is being laughed at. Putin loves this. China loves this. It weakens our country. All right. So it's all going to be over on Tuesday. And there is a poll out today, Gallup. It asks a very simple question. Do you have a favorable opinion of the Republican Party? 37% of Americans now favor the Republican Party. That's down from 43 in November. So they've lost six points. I thought it'd be worse. The uh, Gallup poll was even 25 Democrat, 25 Republican, 50 independent. That's okay. Um, the pundits, obviously, uh, this is the last stand for CNN, MSNBC, and the network news. After this, there's no more kicking Trump around. So they're, this weekend, it's gonna, just don't watch. <laughs> I'm not. I got my staff assigned to it, but I, I'm not. So you know what they're doing is kicking them the last thing that they can. Now, one of the uh, techniques to defend Donald Trump, and the reason that Donald Trump doesn't get good defense from his own attorneys, is that no law firms want to take it. Because if you defend Donald Trump, they're going to come after you. The cancel culture is going to try to hurt your firm and hurt you personally. So the lawyers don't want to do that. They're putting their own self-interest above Donald Trump's request that they may represent him. So he doesn't have good lawyers. Doesn't have them. We saw that. They're not good. And no major firm will represent him. That's how powerful the cancel culture is right now. So that's why he's where he is. Now, on TV and radio, the people who support Donald Trump are spending a lot of time demonizing Democrats for doing pretty much the same thing, inciting violence. All right. Yeah, they have. In the past, certainly we saw the George Floyd riots were incited by people, some of them on TV, some of them in politics. That's true. But you can go overboard with this stuff. All right. And uh, Kamala Harris came up. She was on the Ellen program. Roll the tape. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? <laughs> All right, obvious jest. All right, but this being used, you know, by conservative commentators, you see, you see. Now, Schumer stood in front of the Supreme Court and said, oh, if you don't do what we say, you better watch yourself. You know, all of that. And it's legitimate. It's legitimate. Okay, I mean, the Democrats did incite. They have threatened. Um, you know, Joe Biden wanted to punch Donald Trump or some crazy thing. But this... The, you can make the point, but you can't build your argument on it. The argument for Donald Trump being acquitted is very simple, very simple. He did not commit any crime. That's it. Okay, so now some of the rioters themselves, we told you some Proud Boys were indicted today. Uh, a whole bunch of people were, I guess about 200. 200 are federal, facing federal charges. I'm only going to I'm only going to read one full screen to my producers here because it's the same stuff. So their lawyers representing the people who invaded the Capitol are saying Trump did it. Trump made them do it. The devil made me do it. Remember that? All right. The president made my client invade the uh, Capitol. So uh, there's a lawyer named Clint Broden. He's representing a guy named Garrett Miller. OK, Miller broke in and committed crimes 
threatened uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Here's the full screen um, on that. Okay, you have to understand the cult mentality. They prey on the vulnerable victims and give them a sense of purpose. In this case, Trump convinced his cult followers that they were working to preserve democracy. This is the defense, right? So this guy, I guess, Garrett Miller, is the biggest moron in the world. So he, he's now in a cult, and, and they're directing him to commit felonies and, and attack uh, Congress and the Capitol. I mean, yeah. I'm on a jury. Guilty. Next. I mean, yeah. I don't think these people are, are PhD candidates who broke in there, but these are cult and they were hypnotized. Come on, stop it. Ridiculous. Um, here's at least a story that has some positive connotation to it. Some states are making voting reforms. All right, because we can't have what we have ever again. South Carolina proposed legislation would impose a signature matching requirement. Pennsylvania, two proposals. Rejection of absentee ballots on the basis of signature matching. Um, and then there's another one that you've got to vote by election day. Boy, I hope that passes. Oh, boy, I hope that passes. Um, New Hampshire, the general public be permitted to observe without obstruction in polling places. You would have to sign up. Civilians in to watch the vote. Kansas introduced a bill that would eliminate Secretary of State's discretion to count ballots received later than three days after Election Day. So they're tightening up. Now, these states are not liberal states. Um, I hope these bills pass. You're not going to get any federal legislation out of the Biden administration now. If the Republicans take over Congress, you may get it in 2022. I mean, 2023, you may get it. But, but you know, the Democrats like the chaos. They, they want as many questionable votes as possible because they all go for them. I mean, they have that ground game organized. So I was, ha I was happy to see on the federal level of U.S. Election Assistance Commission, I have no idea what that is, approved new national guidelines to overhaul voting equipment. Good, good. All of this needs to be done. Absolutely needs to be done. All right. Um, if you have any questions about impeachment, it's going to be over on Monday. We'll be, we're on it. Um, I don't believe President Trump will be convicted for one big reason. If Republican senators vote to convict, they will be hammered. So self-interest again. I mean, Romney can get away with it. Susan Collins and Maine get away with it. Murkowski, I think, is done in Alaska. But if you vote to convict Donald Trump in your state, those Trump voters in those red states are not going to like you. That alone will prevent Republicans from voting to convict. Now, I hope that they see it the way I do, that there was no crime, but they don't. Their own self-interest <clears throat> is in play. So Bruce Springsteen was uh, arrested in November for uh, drunk driving and reckless driving in New Jersey. And he was reportedly paid $22 million. I, I thought it was 3 to $5 million. I don't know if this report is true. It sounds ridiculous to me um, that he was paid $22 million. But anyway, Jeep ran a commercial on Super Bowl. 
And uh, I don't know if Jeep even knows who Bruce Springsteen is, because Springsteen is a polarizing guy. He's a far left guy. So you want to sell Jeeps to everybody, but you got Bruce Springsteen telling you that America should come together when Bruce Springsteen is one of the most uh, partisan left wingers there is in the country. Well, anyway, Jeep, after the announcement of Springsteen's arrest, again, happened in November. Jeep says, well, we didn't know. Maybe. Um, They pull the ad. So this is a lose, 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 lose for Jeep. Be careful who you hire. So Jeep pays Springsteen an enormous amount of money, alienates half the country, and now it's a pulley ad. <laughs> oh, boy. Somebody should get fired. Um, did you know that the Biden administration tells everyone in the world, if you would like to come to America illegally, I mean, sneak in here, it's not the right time to do it. My question is, when is the right time? to violate U.S. immigration law. Is it April? Maybe September? Here's the president's spokeswoman. Go. One of the things we are certainly doing is communicating that um, due to the pandemic uh, and the fact that we have not had the time as an administration to put in place a humane, uh, comprehensive process for processing uh, individuals who are coming to the border, now is not the time to come. And the vast majority of people uh, will be turned away. Oh, but if you come in May or October, you know, this is going to come back. You, you think Jeep got hammered? President Biden's going to get really hammered by this immigration chaos because he has an open door and an open border policy. Not going to play. You wait and see. You wait and see. Newsom, governor of California, going to be recalled, okay? So he shows up in Fresno, California, not a liberal area. Remember, all the left, the progressives are on the coast of California. Interior California, Northern California, not left, okay? But obviously, big cities like LA and San Francisco dominate. All right, so here's what happened to Newsom yesterday. Go. What do we want? Recall! What do we want? Recall! 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 All right, and it will happen. So now there'll be people, uh, you know, it's going to be on the ballot in the summer in California, special election. Do we boot them out or do we keep them? Now, I can't predict that right now. But I can tell you that Gavin Newsom's in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. And um, <laughs> the Biden administration doesn't really know what to do. Now, they got to support him. OK, so they tweet Here's a tweet from the aforementioned Jen Psaki, quote, in addition to sharing commitment on a range of issues with Governor Newsom, from addressing climate crisis to getting the pandemic under control, president of the United States clearly opposes any effort to recall Gavin Newsom. But he hasn't made a statement. Joe Biden hasn't made a statement. Um, Anyway, there you go. Cancel culture update in Britain. (laughs) Got to remember that in Britain, they don't have a real free press like we do. It's run by the British Broadcasting Corporation, the BBC. And they're, they're so politically correct, it's just crazy. So it's a different environment there. It's not like the social civil war in Britain. 
I would say most people in Great Britain are progressive. So now they've announced the Brighton and Sussex University hospitals have announced that they are no longer going to use the words breast milk. No more breast milk. It's human milk now. No more breastfeeding. It's chest feeding. No more maternal. It's perinatal. All right, and here's a quote from the hospitals. Our approach has been carefully considered to be inclusive of trans and non-binary, non-binary birthing people without excluding the language of women or motherhood, unquote. I have no idea. It's just gibberish. It's garbage. But they spend hours thinking about this. It's incredible. University of Nevada, Las Vegas has fired its mascot, Hey Reb. All right, keeping the nickname Rebels, running Rebels, but Hey Reb got fired because Hey Reb has racist roots pointing back to the Confederacy, which was a shock to Hey Reb, who's in Nevada, far away from the Confederacy, booted him. In 2015, the university investigated Hey Reb and said it wasn't racist, but now it is. This is interesting. This day in history, February 11, 1960, President Dwight Eisenhower made a national statement saying that payola in the record industry was a, quote, an abuse of the public trust, unquote. Okay, so what's this all about? Now, my upcoming book is Killing the Mob. That'll be out May 4th. In the book, I go deep into how organized crime controlled almost every aspect of American entertainment in the 1950s and 60s. Eisenhower was president in the 50s. All right. The mob controlled movies, some television, all records, concerts, you name it. Sinatra, Tony Bennett. Bobby Rydell, Frankie Valli, Tommy James, and Ashonda, all we name them, okay? Mob. They controlled what records were put on the radio, and it was called payola. They would come in, give the DJ a little envelope, play this record, and they played it, record. particularly here in New York, where Alan Freed, you may remember that name, was a big DJ. Well, they popped Freed. And they charged them federally with crimes, convicted them. You know who else was uh, under scrutiny? How about Dick Clark, American Bandstand. All right, feds were all over him. But Clark beat it, beat the rap. Now, I don't know. We couldn't find out in Killing the Mob whether Clark did it or not. We know Free did it. Now, today, the same thing's happening with the social media influencers. Little envelope. Same thing. All right, Killing the Mob. If you pre-order it on BillOReilly.com, we'll take 50% off Killing Crazy Horse. You're going to like Killing the Mob. It's uh, unlike anything I've ever done. Quick break, back with uh, some mail, and then a final thought on the next six months in America. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. 
Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. All right, let's go to the mail. Tanner Cook, Hannibal, Missouri. Mr. O'Reilly, I'm confused how there were hundreds of witnesses testifying about election irregularities and nothing was done. What happened? Why did these people get ignored? Will the committees or houses of these states do anything with the information they have? Well, we just ran it down, Tanner, that some states are trying to reform. But the reason is just what I told you about Mike Lindell. Just because somebody swears out an affidavit and says something happened, it has to be vetted. It has to go through the law enforcement apparatus. And none of it made it through. And that's what happened. Chris LaPara, Cape Coral, Florida. Bill, you claim on the radio that there's been no thorough forensic and data-driven analysis of the election results. You must be aware of Mike Lindell's Absolute Proof broadcast. I am aware of it. And we explained it. But I wanted to read your letter because I know a lot of people are wondering about it. Mike, concierge member, which means Mike has direct access to me privately. Donald Trump's defense team, uh, when it is their turn to argue his case, should rise and say the defense rests, then sit down. This whole process is garbage. And for them to take part in any of it gives the Democrats credibility. Interesting. They'd probably be better off sitting down after what the first day was. Not impressive. Uh, Brian, concierge member. Thank you, Brian. Mr. O'Reilly, you made the point that impeachment has become frivolous, implying that Democrats are to blame. But it was Newt Gingrich who led the effort to impeach Bill Clinton over the trivial misdeed of lying about an affair. Oh, trivial misdeed. Perjury is a felony. Now, if you're a sitting president and you perjure yourself as Bill Clinton did, that is a crime. That had to be adjudicated, but he was acquitted in the Senate, Mr. Clinton. Didn't think it was enough to throw him out. Kenneth, concierge member. Thank you, Kenneth. Yesterday, my wife and I had our COVID vaccine. Thank you, President Trump. You know, Kenneth, I bet the president, the former president, would appreciate your thanks. We don't hear much about how they fast-tracked that, do we? Steve Slosser, Orlando, Florida. Thank you for having Andy Noah on your program. Been following him on Twitter for months. I also am reading his book. We recommend the book on Antifa. Okay, so uh, if you missed it, watch the interview with Andy. No, it's good. James, concierge member, a lot of concierge members, boy. And I don't do favoritism. I mean, if you're, you're a premium member, you get equal access on the mail, but we just have a lot of them today. James, uh, just donated to speechmovement.org. I encourage all Bill O'Reilly viewers to give what you can. Okay, so just a recap, speechmovement.org. Out of Nevada, it's going to challenge the cancel culture. It's organizing now. Their website is up. I'm not saying sign up. I'm just saying it's worthy. We interviewed the guy here. You want a reason to fight back on this? And we certainly have to. We, the people, have to fight back. This might be it, speechmovement.org. Sydney Brook, Knoxville, Tennessee. My premium membership at BillOReilly.com is the best $7 I spend each month. 
Is it only seven dollars? I didn't even know that. We got to raise that. No, I want to keep it. We keep the prices here on everything. Books, gear, mugs, best mug in the world on premium membership, concierge member, as low as we can keep it. And still, we have a nice team. I pay them well, um, but we do not gouge at all. Okay, so go to our store over the weekend, pick up some good gifts. Valentine's Day is Sunday. Can't get you a uh, mug in time, but I can get you a premium membership or concierge membership for your Valentine. Now, you ladies out there, you know, guys like this. I mean, I'm not doing a, a female versus male thing here. Ladies like the membership, too. But this is a pretty nice Valentine's gift. Pretty thoughtful. So, membership to BillOReilly.com. When writing to us, do not be a poppin' J. One of my favorite words. P-O-P-I-N-J-A-Y. Back with a final thought about what's going to happen in America the next six months. All right, here's the final thought of the day. A lot of people are worried. A lot of people depressed, not only about COVID, but about the State of the Union. And I think that there is going to be some bumps coming down. Um, economically, I the economics, the jobs and all that, shaky. Immigration, as I said, it's going to hurt this country. Joe Biden does not have command over this. COVID, I think, is going to dissipate. I think by summer, semi back to normal. You know, they're opening up uh, games here in New York. 10% can go watch them now live. Stair-stepping. But in the next two years, it may get rough. But that might be necessary to stop the madness on the progressive side. Because most Americans... They're not ideologues. They just want to make a nice living, to live their lives with dignity and honesty. We're seeing a lot of stuff here we should not be seeing. You know it. I report on it every night. Donald Trump is in the past, at least for now. I think that sane people, sane policies are going to grow in strength. And I think the midterms, if things turn out the way I believe they will, you know, it's a big change. So keep the faith. My message for you today. We'll see you soon.